All right, welcome in everybody. Welcome to the Polo Show. This is the very first Warriors show on this podcast, and I'm joined today by special guest Niner Nate, and we're going to preview the defending champions upcoming season for 2022. You know, Chris, you got to say it differently. You say the defending reigning champions of the world. And with that, let's get to it. Once again, welcome into the Polo Show. Thanks for joining today. I already see Mariah and Tanya in here. Thanks for joining in. I'm joined today by Niner Nate. Nate, tell everybody where we can find you on the socials and what you got going on. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Niner Nate Forty Nine, uh, talking a lot of shit about the Dodgers right now because the Forty Nine ers oh, are yeah. abysmal. But uh, I just want to say, imagine winning 111 games and not even making it past the NLS. That's basically yeah, what happens yeah. to the Suns last year. It's it's insane. But the thing is, yep. is the Dodgers spent more money and were more hyped than that Suns team were, and they did worse. So, hear that, Mariah? The Dodgers, yeah, trash. It's funny trash. that I expect that. No, but this weekend was great for me because I hate the city of L.A. and USC lost and the Dodgers lost. <laughs> yeah, and then of course we had some good Warriors news. But we're gonna get into a season preview. Remember to subscribe and hit the like button. I'm going to be doing some more giveaways as time goes on as well. So make sure you subscribe so you're eligible for that. I think the next one I'm going to do is Telanoa Hufunga. Uh, ever since that pick six in the Rams game, I just kind of made up my mind. That's going to be the next one whenever I do that. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. But the first thing I want to dive into today, obviously the season starts tomorrow. We got opening tip off against the LA Lakers on ring night. Before I even get to that matchup against that bum ass old AARP team, uh, we had some good news come in for the Warriors and their future, uh, a team that has a future, you know what I mean? So Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins got contract extensions. It was a great day. Um, obviously, we had all the stuff that went down with Draymond and Jordan Poole also. Um, but what were your thoughts when that news came out, The both those extensions pretty much back-to-back? I mean, I had a pool party at my own house, right? Like, yeah. the fact is, is now the Warriors – are pretty much set going forward. You know, Steph Curry's going to be there for the rest of his career. Clay Thompson probably as well. Um, Draymond's probably going to go to the Lakers next year, which, you know, losing that defense will hurt. But I think by then, they'll kind of have figured out who Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody are. And then you can kind of build around from there. And I think that uh, Wiggins might actually be 
This might be too much of a hot take. Wiggins might actually be a better player than Draymond right now, just because of the fact is he plays great defense. He's played some great defense with the Warriors, and he's been able to shoot a lot better than Draymond has. Like every time Draymond hits a three, like everyone in the bar looks at each other like, holy shit, he hit that. You know, and so it's, it's one of those things um, where I think they made the right decision. And I like Draymond Green, but and I feel like that punch probably had a lot to do with it. But I think that punch set the Warriors up for a better situation going forward because they're still, you know, probably the best roster when it comes to the starting five in the league. And then these rookies or these young guys, not even rookies, really, at this point, they've been in the league for a while. These young guys are going to develop and they're going to be, get better. And I mean, who doesn't want to have a pool party all the time? Like the, Jordan Poole hanging out with the Warriors for the next four or five years. That's that's awesome because that guy's one of the best shooters in the league already. And if Steph Curry does leave in the next two or three years, Jordan Poole takes up that mantle as, you know, the shooting guy on the Warriors. And I think that he's perfectly fine with that. Um, and I think that he's happy that he's here with Steph Curry for, you know, at least until Steph Curry and Klay Thompson decide to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I have a I have a take on on the Draymond stuff. And I wanted to get into discussing that, but before I get into that, I was so happy when I saw that. Um I knew when the Tyler Hero contract came out, I kind of knew okay, and that's that's yeah. kind of gonna set the bar for Jordan Poole. Um and I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little more. It's weird though how they for they formatted that contract because Usually in the NBA, it's just no messing around. It's fully guaranteed. This one, it was four years added on to his contract, but 123 guaranteed and 17 million is from incentives. That's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if that's a method to try to help save a little bit of money because obviously they're spending so much in the luxury tax. Um, and then big thing was Andrew Wiggins. He took a pay cut. He easily could have made more money. Uh, so to see that was actually really encouraging. Um, I, I don't know, you know, if that I don't was, think he wants to play anywhere around. else. I mean, think no, about it. Me neither. I don't think he wants think to play Think about it, Chris. Like either. he's played, you know, he got, he got drafted by the Timberwolves, right? Like he's seen what other teams look like. And I just think that one thing, you know, us as Warrior fans know, and I think that most people who follow the NBA pretty closely, like this is the best environment to be in. Like Steve Kerr is the most encouraging head coach. He also knows when to like buckle down time to win, like all that stuff. And so I think that, He's now seen what it's like on the other side. And he's like, I'll make a couple million less, but I'll probably win at least another ring. And I think that that's kind of something that's always been kind of as what's happened with the Warriors. You know, Kevin Durant took less money to play with the Warriors when he did. And he played with them because he knew he would win championships. And Katie's kind of a nut job and ended up leaving. But the thing is, is people come here because they know they can win and they know that they're going to be treated the way that, that an NBA player should be treated within an organization and within a city. And I think this city praises our players better than any city in basketball. Yeah. You know, and this kind of, it's on that. So technically he was drafted by Cleveland and traded to Minnesota. And oh, I think that goes, right. I think right. that goes into it a little more because I also feel like he just wanted to be at a place where he was wanted. Right. Like he, he was drafted yeah. by Cleveland and LeBron was like, hell no, I don't want this rookie. I want Kevin love. And they shipped him to Minnesota. And then in Minnesota, he was getting all the crap over there because he wasn't living up to that expectation and people thought he was going to be able to lead a franchise. It's just not who he was. He comes to the Warriors and gets put into a perfect role. Um, it's exactly what he's good for in this NBA. And why would you want to leave that, especially when not only you found your place in the league, but 
you found a group of guys that you can play with the next handful of years and remain competitive. And I think that goes into part of the pay cut. I know Kevin was saying that he took the pay cut specifically to, to make sure Jordan Poole sticks around. But here's the thing about that. I don't know if that's specifically for Jordan Poole or if that's for something else. And what I mean by that is I, I want to get into this because people are starting to say that this is Draymond's last dance, right? Because the punch, yeah. it just – obviously the video comes out. It seems like – Shit, to a lot of people, there's no coming back from this. But at the end of the day, if you look at the way that the Warriors have been able to just establish such a great culture, and if you look at the way that they're already responding to the situation, you, I heard, I listened to Draymond's press conference initially, and then I saw the way they interacted with each other when he returned to the team. He does not return to the team, by the way, if Jordan Poole doesn't give the okay to do that. They 100% were making sure that he was involved, all the players were involved, and at the end of the day, they came down on a decision. We're not going to suspend them. And they want to move on as professionals. And Jordan Poole, I don't know if you saw it, he had his press conference yesterday, I believe it was. And he said the same thing. You know, we're professionals, and that's how we want to continue with this and do what it takes to win championships. We know what it takes. I'm not sure I can say this is Draymond's last dance just because of this incident and because of these extensions. And the reason I say that is because look at the history of what the Warriors have been able to do. They always do everything that people say they shouldn't be able to do or probably can't do, right? Like when they were going to get Kevin Durant, that's not going to work. First of all, they're probably not going to get him. And then also, how's that going to work with all those different players? There's only one basketball to go around. Two championships, three finals appearances in all three years. Then after that, a couple injuries. They were waiting a couple years to get healthy, really just waiting on Clay. And people thought Steph Curry was done winning championships. You had guys like Nick Wright going up on national television and saying that he's no longer going to be in the NBA Finals. Talking about Steph Curry. They won an NBA championship. I know the Suns finished first seed and the Grizzlies were second, but they were the Warriors were first up until Draymond hurt his back. And if you look at last year also, Draymond defensively was going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I, he was the front runner until he hurt his back. And I think that people really undervalue a lot of times what he brings to a basketball team. For instance, if you look at a team like Minnesota, for instance, you know how they got Rudy Gobert and people say they're going to be trouble. I would make the argument that someone like Draymond Green would actually have more impact in Minnesota than Rudy Under Gobert Green. would yeah, because he's a, facil he's a facilitator. He's a floor general on defense. He can guard one through five. He's not going to be a liability in the playoffs when he switches on screens like Rudy Gobert is when he's guarding Steph Curry every time. He's a guy who isn't just going to play in the dunker spot, basically be a glorified JaVale McGee, which is what I think Rudy Gobert is when it comes to the playoffs. And if you look at that pay cut from Andrew Wiggins and you look at how much luxury tax Joe Lacob is currently spending and has shown he will continue to spend, I think they understand this organization. They understand that they have something really special they built in the last 10 years and they want to milk out any bit of success that they possibly can. I don't really, I really don't think they care about spending. It comes down to two things. Draymond at the end of this year one are they willing to pay him a max and two can they make the money work well if they're willing my argument is they're going to find a way to make the money work and some people might think Draymond's not really worth a max I'm not sure what his max is going to be next year I'm not entirely sure but let's just throw out a number let's say it's like close to 40 million dollars let's say it's something close to like that average per year mm -hmm. would you rather have him or Kevin Love I'd rather have him of course Kevin Love's going to make like $30 million next year. So is it really that crazy to think that they can give Draymond a bit of a pay raise? And also, James Wiseman was not picked number two overall to sit on the bench for too long. Kevon Looney's on a team-friendly contract, but that salary, I think it's like close to $7.5 million. 
is movable as well if you need to free up a little bit of money. So what's your take? I don't think this is necessarily Draymond's last dance just because the extensions. I think they're going to have to let the year play out. But what, what are your thoughts? I think it's like a 60-40 thing for me. Like I think there's 60% chance he leaves and goes to the Lakers, and I think there's 40% chance he's here. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how the season goes. Um, you know, how because remember, you know, he was blamed for KD leaving, right? Like he has he been a problem. <laughs> like yeah. he, he has been a problem. Like they would be five-time NBA champions if he didn't kick the dude in the balls. And so, you know, I love Draymond and I love him because he's ours. If he was not ours, I would not like Draymond Green. I already fucking have come to complete terms with that. Just like when yep. Richard Sherman was a Seattle Seahawk, he became a Niner. He was I loved him. But They're when he was a Seahawk, person. I hated him. And it's yeah. the same person. And so if they paid him and he stayed around, I'm totally down with that. If they decided, hey, it's been fun, Draymond. You've been a part of something really special. It's time for you to leave. I would understand that because the face of the Warriors is changing constantly. I mean, the fact that Jordan Poole is going to be, would be on, you know, the, the, the new Rushmore of what this team's championship roster looks like is different because right we went from um harrison barnes the first couple the first year the second year we lost then we went to kevin durant we won two there and then they were kind of they kind of swapped it around and then they figured it out they filled it with jordan pool and now it's jordan pool and that's you know as the third guy and so i'd love it if draymond's here right it'd be great but it wouldn't surprise me if they're like nah this is this is steph clay and, and jordan pool now you know and andrew wiggins of course but i think that when you're talking about the big important pieces, the most important pieces in a championship. It's always been Steph. It's always been clay and it's always been Draymond. And I think now Jordan Poole is more important than Draymond in this current way that the Warriors are built. Uh, just because he's shooting better than Harrison Barnes ever did. And he's playing defense at a clip that is actually pretty impressive. And clay Thompson, I don't think a lot of people thought he would be as good on defense as he was. I obviously he's, there's problems there still, but his defense was pretty decent in the finals. It was, you know, good enough. And then Andrew Wiggins, like, who the fuck knew that Andrew Wiggins was going to come back and be this absolute stud on defense for this team? Like, I think a lot of people thought Andrew Wiggins was a bust. And yep. so the fact is, like, him coming to this team and becoming this defensive powerhouse, him taking a team-friendly deal, I think if he leaves or wants to go to the Lakers, they'll be okay with it. And as much as it'll be like, hey, this is the end of an era, it's like, we're still going to win championships. We're still going to get to the finals. We're still going to end up playing, you know, the fucking Memphis Grizzlies, you know, in the NBA West Conference final. You know, like, it's nothing's changing. There's nothing about this team that, that if Draymond leaves drastically changes where I don't think they're competing for championships. I love Draymond Green. I think his defense is really important. But I think that they just know how to build championship rosters when they're healthy. And I, I just, I just think that I trust... I trust Joe Laker and I trust uh, Bob Myers more than I trust anybody. And if they think that this is the right thing to do, then I'm fine with it. If they think that keeping him is the right thing to do, I'm fine with it. Because at this point, they've earned the trust of every fan of this team that whatever they do, whatever money they spend, whoever they sign, whatever they do, whatever they draft, they're generally right. And if you thought think they're wrong, you're the wrong one because they have four championships and they've been to six, seven NBA finals in the last 10 years. Like, who's doing that? 
I mean, there's no team in football doing that. Maybe the Chiefs, but they're not going every year. You know, baseball, yeah. the Dodgers can't fucking get past the NLDS. <laughs> so, like, if you think about sports in the grand scheme of things, like, this is the best dynasty in all of sports, bar none. And so you have to trust these guys because they've gotten it right so many times. Yeah. And and here's the thing for me with, with Draymond. If he wants to, if it's true, I don't think it's really 100% true. I think it's an awkward situation right now. I don't think he wants to go to the Lakers. If he does, yes, I think they'll be okay with that. If he wants to stay, you better believe he's going to end up staying in Golden State and they're going to find a way to make it work because the difference when he's not playing versus when he is is actually really concerning. Uh, so career, career-wise, when Draymond doesn't play, they're 57 and 51 all time. That includes the KD years. I'm not exactly sure how many games he missed in those years, but 57, 51 all time is alarming. You're a 500 team. That's you're true. mid. You're, you're like the Lakers. But I think they're a lot different now, Chris, with Wiggins and Poole. I think that but, he doesn't play. But last year, they went 19 and 17 when he didn't play. And that's when they started to really struggle. And their defensive rating was first in the whole league. And I believe it ended up dropping down to like 13 or something like that. That's true. So that's where I get a little concerned also because he's played with Steph Curry so much and I, and Steph feeds off them so much being that point forward and those dribble handoffs, their chemistry is off the charts. So that is a huge concern to me if they can't figure it out moving forward. The biggest key to that though, right? If they do have to is Jonathan Kuminga's development which I'll talk more about uh, in a a bit. But if Draymond wants to stay, they're going to find a way to make the money work. It's just that simple. That's that's what Joe Lacob has proven to do all the time. I mean, people said this year, right? They're not going to keep everybody, so they won't repeat. Who did they lose that was really that key to this championship? I mean, I'm not going to try to take anything away from those players, but they lost Otto Porter. I liked Gary Payton a lot. Gary Payton Payton was great, and the reason they couldn't bring him back was they, they didn't have his bird rights. Right, but they had Kevon Looney's and they had Jordan Pools, who they just extended. They had Andrew Wiggins, who they just extended. So that was a little different. Draymond's a guy they have his bird rights, so you can go over the cap even more to pay those guys. So I knew the whole time Gary Payton being a one-year deal, having the year he had, that he was going to be gone. Yeah. Um, that's something you're going to have to make up, anyways. With Draymond, I don't know if there's anything replaceable there. He's also, I think, him and LeBron, in my opinion, are the smartest basketball players in the league. They're just so cerebral the way that they play. And also, if you listen to sound bites of Draymond talking to like James Wiseman on the sideline or talking to other young guys, it's really valuable to have that leadership, especially I want him here for James Wiseman's development on defense and just knowing where to be on the floor when he's playing with Steph Curry. So I really hope they can figure that out. Um, but Bob Myers said, because someone asked Bob Myers basically like about, you know, is this the last dance with Draymond? And he said, I would tell Warrior fans to tune into this year, enjoy it. And we'll revisit that at the end of the year. So he didn't really give any answers there, but yeah. it's also on the negotiation process too, because this dude's clearly stated he wants the max and obviously they have to play a coy. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm going to make sure I enjoy it because if it is Draymond's last year, this big three is one of the greatest big threes of all time. Oh yeah. Uh, the Absolutely. wins that they've had in the playoffs, four championships going for a fifth this year, the most wins in NBA finals history, um, their record when they all play, is impeccable in terms of a series. So I'm going to enjoy it. But moving on to the next topic, something I wanted to get into was which players are you most excited to watch this year on the Warriors besides Steph Curry? 
and everyone <laughs> in the chat, you can drop I mean, yours too. I mean, if anyone doesn't say Kaminga, I, I don't know what you're watching because it's just – you think about, right, Steph – we talk so much about Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, right? And those guys mm -hmm. are so important – are just are the core, right? And you have Jordan Poole, who's an absolute blast. We don't know what he is now. He's a tremendous shooter. He's probably going to get even better. And then Wiggins is awesome defensively, and he hits threes. But the question marks, the guys we want to know more about, right, are James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga. Because those are two dudes who were drafted to be part of the next generation of Warriors talent, right? And when Wiseman plays, there are things you see where you're like, holy shit, this guy yeah. has it. He just hasn't been healthy. And so if yep. he can stay healthy and we can start to see him develop and really learn to play defense within this system and shoot, because that's the thing is he could shoot as well because they don't draft anybody who can't shoot. And then Kaminga, who everyone kept saying is, you know, basically uh, years off, years off, all this stuff, all, you know, during the whole draft process, comes in last year. And, yes, he only plays a couple minutes. But there are things with this kid where you're like, maybe he, people were wrong and he's not as far off as people thought. And so this year I feel like you'll get a lot of Wiseman and Kaminga and get to see who the heck they are. And that's super exciting because those guys are the future of this team, right? They'll play with Steph Curry, right, towards some of the end of their – you know, their career but when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are gone like these guys are the future and they're the future that's going to be up there with you know Jordan Poole when Jordan Poole's leading this team because that's I mean that's what's going to happen one day right like we we don't think this is going to last forever eventually there will be a day where when you go to the Chase Center uh right here behind me and in, in real life or two because I even got the Lakers on there check that out yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> You know that Jordan Poole will be the last one that comes out of that tunnel, and so these guys developing and being able to play with Jordan Poole and even just learn to play with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is super important because there will be a day where these guys will be part of the new big three. And if they nail, could you just imagine this with me? Can you imagine if they nail back to back big threes? They go from Steph, Clay, oh, and Draymond yeah. to Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. And James Wiseman or Moses Moody or whatever, and those guys, you know, those guys win championships or get to finals. It's just like the whole entire world that doesn't live in the Bay Area is going to be so sick of us because all we do is develop talented basketball players and win championships. And that's when people get annoyed, like they did with the Patriots all those years ago, right? Constantly winning, constantly in your face, and that's that's the dream. Every Warrior fan should be that these guys develop with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green while we have them. And then when they take over, they run this league. And I think that that's the stuff we need to see this year is that kind of development of those two guys. Moses Moody, too, obviously. Um, I don't know. I haven't, you know, he has, he's played the least out of any of those guys. <laughs> see Mariah. Uh, she played the least out of those guys. And so, um, you know, We'll have to see what he becomes, but my two, my big two are, are Wiseman and Kaminga. Okay. Yeah. So for me, and, and I'm not going to say Kaminga here. Um, my reasoning for that is I, I feel like Kuminga, and this might be a bit of an unpopular opinion. I feel like Kuminga is going to be the same players he was last year. Some, some people may, may not agree with that, but I watched Jonathan Kaminga, and here's how I try to evaluate players. And mm -hmm. it's the same way. And I was so excited when I heard Bob Myers talk about this a few weeks ago because I was like, holy shit, that's exactly how I've thought about it the last like six years is how do guys play in the playoffs? 
And the reason for that is because that's why I've never high, I'm never high on a guy like Rudy Gobert because I see him in the playoffs and I'm like, yeah, this dude's kind of fucking useless if he's one of the best players on your team. Um, when Kaminga's in the playoffs or when you get to playoffs in general, right? Guys try to take away your weaknesses. They will pick on you. There's no more messing around. You're not going to get those easy three-point shots. They're going to take away those easy threes, the easy layups, the easy dunks. Those are not going to be as available to you as they usually would be in the regular season. So when I look at Kuminga, he doesn't have a great jump shot. He's not a great free throw shooter. And I don't see how many moves he has yet from what I saw in preseason. He has a few moves, but I feel like he looks a little uncomfortable. I feel like he really relies on his athleticism and his first step. If he doesn't get by on the first step, I get worried about what he's going to do. If he's going to force a shot or if if he's going to pass the ball, like make an errant pass, because that's what I kind of saw from him in the playoffs. He seems like a guy who tries to go 100 miles an hour all the time, but sometimes he's just kind of slow it down and channel it, and that'll come with time. I just think he's so raw, and they knew that when they took him. I think Kuming is going to take another two years to really figure out. I I think he's really going to take a little bit longer to figure it out. He's going to be phenomenal and exciting to watch in the regular season because he's flying all over the place. He's fast as hell. He's going to be having highlight dunks all year. He's going to be in the dunker spot also. So it's going to be great to watch. But in the playoffs, I don't know if he has a bag to go to, any go-to move to really get a shot off. Because in the playoffs, the mid-range and the free throws matter. I don't know how much I can expect from him in the mid-range and to get his own shots from there. And I don't know how much I can expect from him at the free throw line. I just have nightmares when I remember him at the free throw line against Denver and he missed 10 free throws. <laughs> That's concerning. His jump shot's yeah. inconsistent. I think he's going to be a really explosive player, but I think he's going to take a little longer. The guy I said, so out of Wiseman, uh, Kuminga, and Moody, I think Moody is going to have the biggest leap. And I'm actually most excited to watch Moses Moody this year because he's a big reason why you know, they didn't really make any moves after Gary Payton left that were – guys that are going to step in right away and be that backup shooting guard yeah. immediately off the bench. And I know they got Dante DiVincenzo, and I think that's going to be a nice fit because he passes the ball really well. But Moses Moody is who they're trusting to take that spot. He got minutes deep in the playoffs. And the reason yeah, for played, that is he because... He played against Boston, didn't he? He did. He did. He got, he got some yeah. minutes in the finals. And the reason for that is because when he plays, what I noticed from him, I don't see sometimes from Kuminga, especially a, in a little bit of action he got against Memphis, he plays with a lot of poise. And he kind of looks like like sometimes you can mistake him for a veteran. And he's athletic. He's long. He's a better shooter. He is a pretty good finisher at the rim, too. They wanted him at seven, but they ended up taking Kuminga. And then Moody fell to them at 14, which is just hilarious to me. So they got both guys that they wanted. Um, And now that he's stepping into that role, I think he's going to have the biggest leap. And I'm really excited to see how much he's grown because I feel like since he's played more college ball, I think he's going to be a little more seasoned as an NBA player than Kuminga is. I think Kuminga is just going to take a little longer, but he has potential to be better. I just need to see his go-to moves. I need to see that he can get to certain spots. I need to see that he has a consistent game. I'm not sure what his game is yet offensively, if that makes sense. Um, But I think they can both be defensive studs. Obviously, James Wiseman. Listen, this dude's been good since his rookie year. And it's funny to me that people think he's not going to be good. Like, if you watched his rookie year, are you kidding me? This dude, I think Wiseman is going to be a top five center in the NBA by the time he's 24, 25 years old. And I say 24, 25. He needs to stay healthy. That's the problem, Chris. Exactly. He hasn't stayed healthy. If he can stay healthy, it's all there. 
I mean, anyone with a brain with eyes can see it. It's all there. And, and that's that's kind of the fun thing is like, we know if he's healthy, that he's going to be fun as hell to watch. Mm-hmm. And and I want to go back to Brooks too, because this is another one that that's interesting. I want to see Clay this year. And, and I know some people were really tired of Clay because of the way he was playing at times last year. But people got to remember, Clay Thompson was shooting in an open gym by himself for like two years and rehabbing yeah. just from injury to be able to do that for two years. And then you're asked to come back and play NBA basketball, not just NBA basketball, but playoff basketball, NBA finals basketball. And it was at a time too, because he came back January 9th, right? The all-star break was like a month later. He came back on minutes restriction though. When he started to finally get his minutes ramped up around the playoffs, that's when he should have yeah. been having an all-star break. And he didn't get that coming off, two years of just trying to condition himself to play basketball again, rehabbing from two lower body injuries. Defensively, I knew he wasn't going to be what he was at least right away. And offensively, I knew this guy just doesn't have his legs under him and he hasn't played in a while. And I know he's got, he got a lot of games under him late in the season, but he's also going up against guys. He's literally never faced before. Right? Like he'd never played a John Morant. You know what I mean? Like he'd never played some of these guys because he's been gone for two years. And I think that, this year, having all that basketball in his belt, those practices, the whole summer, being able to condition and train and get preseason in, get the scrimmages in. I know he didn't play a lot of preseason because they just don't really – he's one of those guys that doesn't really need to. Uh, I think that now he'll be back in rhythm as an NBA player, and I think you will see him improve on both ends. I don't know how much, but I think you'll see him improve. And even last year, he still averaged 20 points a game. So I want to see – the he was difference. still playing decent basketball in the playoffs. Like the defense and the shooting. There were a couple games where he went cold, right? Where he just didn't shoot well. But when he shot well, he was still one of the better shooters in the league. And he still played de- decent defense on some of the best NBA players in the world. So, I mean, anyone Game who hates six. on Clay Thompson just isn't paying attention at this point. Because that guy, like, no matter what, no matter what's put against him, he's always overcome it. Yeah. Game six against Boston. Uh, game six against Memphis. Mm-hmm. He was game six Clay again. And then... Uh, this was, I believe it was game four. Yeah, it was game four. Clay also hit a clutch shot there that was also crucial to that win. I know Steph Curry had probably the best game of his career, but Clay hits that three. That was a really important three pointer to make. And he also had a clutch shot in game, I believe it was game five when they came back home. Like the dude just needs his legs under him. And I think you'll see the old clay start to return. Will he get back to 2019 clay? I really don't know, but at the end of the day, this guy's a shooter. I know he's an all, he's really good at moving off the ball. Right. But that shot never changes just because of lower body injuries. And, and I think totally. we're getting so advanced now with, with um, athletes that you see a lot of guys actually coming back from those injuries a lot stronger than they used to look at Kevin Durant coming back from his Achilles um and that shot was never going to waver he he's actually returned kind of pretty much to his form that he left at in golden state um and i think clay's going to improve this year also so that's somebody else i am excited to watch i'm always excited to watch clay but i want to see the difference between last year and that's the next thing i kind of wanted to talk about is what do you expect what do you expect to see from the team this year in comparison to last year and what do you think the chances are at a repeat I mean, if I if I told you I didn't think they were going to repeat, I would lie to you because I, I I mean, yeah. let's talk about this real quick, Chris. Between me and you, who 
really can beat the Warriors in the West? Because like, I, I I think there's three teams, possibly, right? It's the Clippers, if they can figure out what the fuck's going on over there, because Paul George is great and Kawhi Leonard is great. And if they can get it going, they're really good, right? Yeah. John Wall is still a great shooter. He may be old as dirt, but still a great shooter. They have something built there that's good. Um, the other team is Memphis, obviously, who hates our guts. Uh, John Moran is a little pussy bitch. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can bleep that if you want. But John Moran is a little pussy bitch. Um, and I want to kick his ass. I want to kick his ass in the Western Conference Final so I could see him cry when he walks off the court and we're going back to the finals. I hate that guy. He's go, go, on go on Christmas Day. Go on Christmas Day. He's the new James Harden uh, for me. I hate that guy. Uh, he's just a douchebag. And so, um, the uh, and then the other team, I think, I guess I'll say the Suns, but I don't even know if it's the Suns anymore. It might be the Denver Nuggets because if they're fully healthy. Um, but the, the Suns are kind of weird just because they won all those games last year, right? They won every – like, they they were the best team. Like, we talk about how the, the dog shit Dodgers basically won 11 games and were crowned as one of the best teams in the history of baseball. But, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about sitting here. The Suns were actually crowned as one of the best teams in basketball last year like two weeks before the, the, the playoffs started, and they did the same exact thing that the dog shit Dodgers just did by losing to a team that clearly wasn't better than them in, in Dallas. And, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't think the Suns could beat, um, could beat the Warriors in the playoffs. I think that the only team I'd really be worried about truly, truly is Memphis just because they matched up really well with them last year. Um, and if John Moran is fully healthy and that team, you know, st- has improved a little bit in the off season, that's probably the, the, the biggest hindrance to them getting to the finals. And then if we're talking about the East, I think that the, the bucks scare the ever loving shit out of me <laughs> because they are an absolute mismatch for the warriors. Um, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the entire world. Yep. And they, anytime that the Bucks have played the, um, anytime the Bucks have played the Warriors, I know. <laughs> I was coming for your ass. I know. Anytime the Bucks have played the Warriors, tell him Florida sucks. Uh, Florida's fucking trash and that quarterback's garbage. It's true. Um, and so, you know, anytime they've true. played the Bucks in the regular season, they've always kind of struggled with them. And so, if that was the finals matchup, I think that that would maybe make me a little hesitant to saying they're going to repeat, but. I think they're going to be the best team in the West if they're healthy. I'll tell you the teams I think are threats. So I expect them to repeat. First of all, I don't think any other team has made any moves that really moves, move the needle uh, yeah. over the warriors. Um, I don't think the Suns are threats. And the reason I don't think the Suns are threats. And I, I'm, a, I'm in Arizona. Now I argue with Suns fans about this all the time. And I try to tell them, <laughs> I'm like, listen, y'all, it's as simple as this. It's not that complicated. You can't win a championship if Devin Booker is the best player on your team. It's not going to work in the NBA right now. You're not going to beat Giannis. You're not going to beat Steph Curry and the Warriors. You're not. I don't even know if they would beat. Maybe they beat the Clippers. But remember when they beat the Clippers, Kawhi was out. And they beat him, I believe it was in six games when they made it to the finals. Um, Look at what happened. I just think Devin Booker, one, I don't think he's. I don't think he's like one of those top end superstars that can carry a team and elevate you over another dominant team. 
But also, I think mentally, he just doesn't really have it. I think people kind of gloss over that. When you look at the way he was talking trash when they're up, talking about the Luka special, right? And then Luka Doncic, who backs it up, and then he goes in the next couple games and gave them the Luka special and beat them and was hitting shots, laughing and smiling, going back down the court. The Suns are a joke in, in that aspect. It just feels like mentally they don't have that. Remember they had that phony-ass workout video at, at the Warriors Arena? Workers, the game. or what was it, like hard workers keep working or something so, like that? Something the, like that. But it was, the it was dumbest hilarious. thing I've ever seen. It was hilarious to me. Um, and the Suns, I feel like they got worse. I don't really feel like they got anybody to help them out. Now, I think the real threats are the Clippers for one. I think that's the only real threat in the West, actually. Because I was at all those finals in person. And I know LeBron was LeBron. But watching Kawhi was a different animal. Because LeBron, I knew he was going to put up his numbers. But I also knew he was mainly going to play the role of the floor general. Kawhi was just a stone-cold killer. This dude would drive down the lane. I saw him send Kevon Looney flying in midair because he's so damn strong. He seemed to come down with every offensive rebound. He was a threat from the three-point line, from mid-range. He was a good free-throw shooter. He got to the rim whenever he wanted. I don't want to see Kawhi Leonard. You know, that, like if we had Kevin Durant, I would have felt comfortable back in 2019 because I felt like they could have matched up well. But as much as I love Andrew Wiggins, I don't want to see him have to guard Kawhi Leonard <laughs> and knowing that Paul George is still a good player. Yeah. Paul George is usually a choke artist, but that to me matchup-wise is not very good. Um and obviously, Clay isn't 2019 Clay. And if he's going to be guarded by, you know, Paul George or Kawhi at times in the game, I don't know how much he's going to be able to do because Clay's not really going to be that effective putting the ball on the ground. Um, and they're a team that can switch off those screens because of those two defenders. So I think the Clippers are a threat if they're healthy, but I don't believe they will be healthy. I've kind of lost faith in Kawhi Leonard's availability. Um, Brooks said something hella funny up here. He said, he said, he said, <laughs> Kawhi's coming back from retirement. That's true. Uh, so to me, I think the, the, the real threats are the bucks for one. That was my finals prediction last year. I thought it was gonna be warriors and bucks. Yeah. Chris Middleton was out. I think they beat the Celtics last year. If Chris Middleton's out and they make it to the finals, Chris Middleton in the NBA finals, when they made it, averaged more points than Jason Tatum did this past year. And Chris Middleton was a number two option. He's a really important player and a really underrated player in the league. So I think that the Bucks are a threat, obviously, because also they just have no one to match up with Giannis. The only guy that could yeah. maybe attempt to match up size-wise with Giannis is Wiseman because of his seven-foot-one frame and his wingspan. But he's really inexperienced. You're kind of at that point. Defensive player, front. Your best defensive player, Draymond, would... I don't know how. I guess he would try, but it, that, that's just a, it's just a big mismatch. That's the problem. It's a mismatch. It's a mismatch. It's a problem. And, and that's why. Playoffs. Well, as soon as, and that was the thing is, as soon as they got eliminated by the Celtics, I was like, we won. So we won the finals. And that's the thing. I think the Celtics again are the next biggest threat because you they did so. play them tough. They did yeah. play them tough, and we have to remember it did take Steph Curry, and that's why it was such a great series for him. It took one of the greatest performances from a guard in NBA history, the highest true shooting percentage ever from a guard in NBA Finals history. That's true. Against one of the best defenses to ever make the finals, at least metrically speaking, to win that series in six. 
Like there were times where we were stressed out in that series. Now I think what helps is now this core, the young guys have that championship experience that they didn't have last year. I think that's why you'd mm-hmm. see some of those blunders against the Grizzlies. You'd see some of those blunders against the Celtics because the Celtics lacked experience too, but so did a lot of our guys aside from like a handful. And now when I look at the Celtics, they at least have that experience being on that stage. They at least have that experience of knowing what to expect. Yeah. And they got Malcolm Brogdon for pennies. They Who gave their up head coach, nobodies. though. Who's well, here, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you why I don't think that matters. I don't think it matters because it's an internal promotion, basically, for the interim. I forgot his mm-hmm. name, but he's probably going to run a lot of the same stuff that Ime Udoka was running. And if you look at the Celtics team the last handful of years, they were successful under Brad Stevens. They were successful under Ime Udoka. And like I said, I think that they would have lost to, to the Bucks. Who's to say they won't be successful in the new interim? What I think is going to happen in Boston, they're going to at least get close to making the finals again, or they will. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can't even turn the leadership and turn the locker room back to Ime Udoka after that horrible mess that he caused. Udoka's either going to resign by the end of the year, or it'll be a mutual parting of ways, or they'll fire him, and they're going to promote this guy to the full-time job because he's going to win so many games with Boston. He's going to be one of the first head coaching candidates for any open spot next year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let him walk. He's also, I think, going to be the youngest head coach in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So they're probably going to hold on to him. I think he's going to end up being the Celtics' full-time coach. So I don't really think that's going to matter. But I think that just because that team is so talented, if they keep that crew together and they keep making improvements along the way, I think that team's probably going to get one at some point. So I think they're good enough to make it back this year. Obviously, health plays a huge part, and we have to see what happens there. But I do think the Bucs and Celtics are the two biggest threats. The one threat in the the West is going to be the Clippers. Um, The Lakers... Uh, yeah, w- watch out for They're the Lakers with, with all them shooters. Yeah, you have to watch out for the Lakers shooters because if you're anywhere near the basket, the ball might bounce directly into your face. So you have to make sure you're ready for those rebounds. Because, like, if if I had to give like a 2K badge to Russell Westbrook and guys in the Lakers, I would call it rebound creator. That's what I would call it. In all honesty, they're kind of <laughs> dog shit. But anyways, moving That's on to winning team. basketball. Um, I hope Roscoe watches this. How does do the, so? How do you expect tomorrow's game against the LA losers to go? You know, it's funny. We talk about, I, I don't, I've never talked about you too about this, but I was talking to uh, my girlfriend about this the other day. And I was like, I was like, it's ring night next week. And she's like, yeah, we're probably going to lose. And I was like, they fucking do this shit, right? They have these ring nights where mm-hmm. there's so much hype. They're getting these hats with gold on the jackets, the rings. It's like, the whole stadium's going nuts, right? And then they just don't play basketball for two quarters, and they have to come back. The nice thing is, those years that they've played good, they've played, you know, on ring night, they've generally played, like, the Rockets back when the Rockets were good. They play, like, a Clippers team that was actually on the rise. The nice thing is, they're playing one of the worst teams in basketball, right? They're playing a team that has no threat to shoot the ball. They're playing with washed up ash lebron who don't get me wrong i've told you a million times i think lebron is the second greatest basketball player of all time i think we have to respect what he's done but at this point in the end of his career he can get triple doubles he can score right but he can only do so much as a floor general like you've been saying to win games like he, they're gonna win games against bad teams but they cannot shoot the ball they just fucking can't they've got russell westbrook who you know there was a time where russell westbrook was a tremendous basketball player but at this point in his career, he is not that guy. 
He's just he not. couldn't even really shoot. He couldn't even really shoot back then either. No, I, yeah, I mean, it was he was mainly just drive to the hoop type of guy, but like he was still better than he is now. Now he's awful. Like he's dinked on just, and then Anthony Davis, who I think that is the best player on the Lakers. I don't think there's a question he's the best player on the Lakers, but like, is he gonna be able to take over a game and beat Steph Curry and Klay Thompson at home after they just won rings? And I think that even if the Warriors come out kind of sluggish in that first half, I don't think the Lakers have the firepower or anything enough to beat the Warriors, even if they're sluggish in the first half, just because they're not good. They're just, it's like, <laughs> I think, isn't Rajon Rondo on this fucking team? On the uh, Lakers? No, he, he's no. gone now. Okay. But honestly, okay. they could use Rondo on this team at this point. <laughs> they are awful. This might be the worst point guard room I have ever seen. Russell Westbrook. Oh. And Patrick yeah. Beverly, like Rob Polinka getting Beverly's that extension on this team now, yeah. Robert Rob Polinka getting that extension is the dumbest thing that I could have possibly seen coming out of the Lakers camp. <laughs> this dude traded like I don't think Russell Westbrook's actually a bad player. I think he's just the worst possible fit you could have had with LeBron James. How the hell are you going to put two guys who need the ball in their hands to be effective? on the same team, on the floor at the same time, when you know one of them has to defer to LeBron James. Why would you do that? Now, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench will be a good move for them. I was saying that since last year because if you have Russ on the bench, you allow LeBron and AD to do what they did when they won the championship. You allow LeBron yeah. to run the team. You allow Anthony Davis to be the scorer. There's no like struggle of getting Russ the ball. When LeBron needs to rest because he is older, you take him off the floor and you put Russ on the floor and now he gets to be himself and they both get to play the way that they need to play. So I mm -hmm. think that is a good move for the Lakers. The problem is like you were saying, they just don't have shooters. And also Anthony Davis is going to be injured so damn much. I don't know if he can really rely on him to be healthy when it matters. Uh, so that, that, that's what the Lakers like, got going for. Them. Was their big, but, their big addition this year, Dennis Schroeder. Was that the big addition? And and he's going to miss like three to four weeks. I just saw that about an hour ago because he's getting thumb surgery or something. Um, they got like I mean, Thomas Dennis Bryant. Schroeder is a fine player, but like that's not an addition for a team that can't shoot the ball at Kendrick all. Nunn. Kendrick Nunn should be playing this year. He didn't really play like that last year. Um, they got <laughs> Damian Jones. Like, like, like we're talking about like bottom of the barrel role players here. And and yeah. the, here's the thing about tomorrow's game, though. I would not be surprised the Warriors lost either. And, oh, and, and, and here's the reason. One, ring night can be distracting. Maybe not for Steph Curry and, and the veterans, but for Jordan Poole, who also just got paid, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jonathan Kuminga, it might be a little distracting. Because um, I've been to those ring nights also, and I think – those games, first of all, season openers for your home court, there's always a lot more that goes into it. It's a lot of special presentation and the way that they announce the team. They announce every – when they do ring night, okay, they announce every fucking coach and trainer and person involved in the front office, like the assistant GMs. Like uh, they, they will announce all the players, of course, the role players, the starters, and they have like a whole spectacle for when they announce the starters. And then they're going to give Steph Curry the mic to unveil the banner. It's just a lot of theatrics that go on. And then you have to snap your mind to playing an NBA basketball game against LeBron James. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lost either. But I'm also mostly saying that because Steve Kerr said something interesting today 
that I wasn't expecting, but supposedly starters are not conditioned yet. They're, they're not at a place where they need to be conditioning wise, which I haven't heard of that before. I, I don't know if any, anyone else heard of a story like that in recent years, but the Warriors starters, according to Steve Kerr, are not ready to go 30 plus minutes. So they're going to be leaning on their depth. So the reason I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors lost is because if the game's close and we're getting in late in the second half, and if they're truly just fatigued as hell and they start to lose their legs and they have to rely on depth, but the starters are tired, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers kind of jumped them on an opening night that was distracting where they just have their legs just I killed. feel like that's kind of like some load management things. I think we were talking about it a little bit you know, before. It mm-hmm. feels like a thing where like, Load management's kind of getting out of hand in like the modern NBA. And, and yeah. I get it. Like it's the first game of the season. You want to make sure your guys don't get hurt because they did get hurt last year. But I feel like they're, I don't, I, he's wording it a certain way where it sounds worse than it is. You know, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think Steph don't Curry think is not either. able to run up and down a court right now. Yeah, I think no, it's fine. that they're finding ways to do load management because they are so much better than everybody in the West where I just think that this is how they're going to be this year, right? They're not going to try and break the record for the most wins. They're cool with losing a couple games here and there because they want to make sure that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole don't get hurt, right? They want to make sure Kevin Looney doesn't get hurt. They want to make sure James Wiseman isn't hurt again. And so because of that, I think that they're going to drop some games, and I think that's just something as a Warriors fan you're going to have to be okay with because I think Steve Kerr sees the opportunity to win this thing again. And he's going to do the load management thing more so than we've ever seen them do it. And, you know, it kind of is what it is. But I do agree with you when you say that this could be the reason they lose to the Lakers because they aren't playing their guys. It's just one of those things where, like, ring night, there's just so much hype around it. And there's so much fun that happens. It's crazy. And then you have to go play a basketball game. And so I don't think they're going to come out and just hit threes off the bat. I think it's going to take a little time. And when they get going, it might be a little, you know, the Lakers – have to prove something to that fan base because that fan base is used to a certain standard, I guess. You know, they constantly tell you how much those 17, you know, rings matter when most of them are older than the 49ers Super Bowl trophies. And so, you know, those them coming out and beating the Warriors, then it'll at least get the Lakers something to talk about for the next couple weeks um, as they inevitably lose like three and four games in a row when they play good basketball teams um, that aren't winning a ring. And so... If they if the Warriors lose tomorrow, I'm not really I'm not tripping about it. But God, it would be fun to embarrass the Lakers because those fans will freak the motherfucker out to the point where they will not they will think that the sky is falling, meteors are falling into their houses, and the flood is coming to destroy the city of LA. And honestly, isn't that what we all love? I love it when the city of LA has nothing going on oh, for them that I is good. It. I love it when the Lakers stink. I love it when the Dodgers get knocked out of the playoffs. I love it when the LA Rams can't protect their quarterback and he's going to get his, his – he can't, can't do anything. And then I also love it when the Kings and the, and the Anaheim Ducks just can't score or they have a goalie that can't stop goals. And then I love it when USC is terrible. I love it when UCLA Always. is terrible, but I can't, I, can't get, I can't get either one, you know. And so I'll take UCLA being, worse than, being better than USC this year, but the Lakers being dog shit, the Dodgers being dog shit, the Rams, I think that's my big three, and I think we're going to get that this year, which is super fun because maybe the Dodgers aren't dog shit, but, man, they should have got farther than the NLCS, man. That's true. That's true. No, like, listen, I still do expect them to win. I'm just saying weird shit happens on opening night. Like, I, I remember when I was at Oracle and it was the first game with Kevin Durant. 
so much hype. The building was buzzing, and we had, we had the Spurs, so we were going up against Popovich and Kawhi. And yes, it was going to take some time for chemistry to 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 kick in, but they got dog walked by San Antonio. <laughs> I think it was like twenty. I can't remember how much we lost by it. It was it was at least twenty yeah. points. It was embarrassing. And Kevin Durant had like thirty nine points. He led the game in scoring, and they still got blown out. Weird shit happens on opening night, and and I've seen those ring nights. It it's 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 a little much like it, it's a lot and especially for the young guys just refocus because this is the first time they're doing this and it's the first time they're gonna have to kind of do this and refocus immediately like oh we got to go play a basketball game it's kind of weird um but i do still expect the warriors to win tomorrow i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised if they lost because of a few things but listen the lakers can't shoot russell westbrook is ass on that team at least he is um and, and Brooks said something funny. He said, this dude, he said Anthony Davis's jersey is a suit. It's not even a suit though. It's just street clothes. Like it's not. It's not even a suit. It's literally just street the clothes. Funniest dude on Twitter. He says, "Dude, you, you, you know what? I'm I'm gonna start something. I'm gonna just post a picture of myself in my everyday outfit and just be like day one of wearing Anthony Davis's jersey today, and then just a like day two. Day, and it's just gonna be whatever I'm wearing for the day. I think I'm gonna start doing that. That should be funny. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> street clothes davis but no i, I think that davis. i think that the warriors i think it'll be similar to last year's opening night game i think we're going to be able to see the depth kind of show how good they are because yes our starting lineup is great but if you look at our second unit when you look at jordan Poole and moses moody jonathan kuminga james wiseman and whoever plays the four that's better than a lot of than a good amount of teams starting lineups. Yeah, like totally. like I I it, it's way more talented. <laughs> it's um, better than the Orlando Magic, <laughs> and and I think they're gonna be able to compete with with the Lakers regardless because even if they have LeBron or AD out there, who the hell do you have around them? I, Austin yeah. Reeves, he, he he's a good he's he's a decent player, but you gonna put Patrick Beverly out there, like and and if Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench, okay, but. Who's he playing around too at the same time if he's coming yeah. off the second unit? So I do still expect the Warriors to dog walk the Lakers tomorrow. Um, that team is that team is old. I don't care. They got some younger players. The important players on that team are old. Um, yeah. and listen, I'm gonna be if you're a Laker fan, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna talk mad shit about the Lakers this year. And you know what? I wanna get the I wanna address this, Nate, before we wrap up. The reason I talk so much trash, one is to troll Roscoe and Jamal, because I think it's hilarious, but second. This is literally Laker fans' fault and LeBron's fault. So don't don't blame me because when they got Russell Westbrook, everyone was touting themselves like they're about to win the damn finals and they signed Melo and Dwight Howard. You guys are signing the damn all-NBA team of like 2012 and 2013 <laughs> thinking that was going to work in 2022. And when everyone told you it wasn't going to work, you guys said, now you guys are sleeping on my Lakers. And then when people kept – talking trash about how old that team was what happened lebron tweeted and i think he deleted the tweet by the way but lebron tweeted something along the lines of keep talking that shit about my team just make sure you keep that same energy all year long and at the end of the season that's exactly i'm doing exactly what lebron told me to do i'm keeping the same fucking energy what that i had when i made fun of that old ass team that plays bingo nights on their off nights last off season so 
this is actually LeBron's fault. It's Rob Polinka's fault. It's Laker fans' fault. So y'all just got to live with it now until you guys finally fix this, whenever that might be. But honestly, it's it's actually I want to raise awareness right now. What is going on in in the Los Angeles Lakers organization is sick work. The way that they're wasting the back end of LeBron James' career. It's disgusting what they're doing, yeah. Nate. I just mm-hmm. wanted to raise awareness there. Honestly, and the reason I talk shit about LA teams is because fuck LA. Simple as that. <laughs> fuck the city of LA. Fuck the SoCal. Fuck SoCal area. Fuck everyone from there. Fuck that city. If you're from there, I'm sorry. I fucking hate that place. I'm born and raised San Francisco, and all I have to say is fuck LA. I, I don't. I actually. I don't even really have anything. I don't even really have anything to say about the Clippers. They. They're so shit. I, I don't even care. Like they're they're. Just I mean, hilarious. they're the redhead stepchild of the Lakers, but they actually might be better this year. So we'll see, right? But like, it's always funny when you meet a Clippers fan and a Lakers fan, and the Lakers fans like, we have seventeen championships, and the Clippers are like, we have players that that aren't fucking you know go running around in wheelchairs when they're not playing basketball. So I mean, except one of them might be in a wheelchair pretty soon. The way that his knees look, and I'm sorry, but Kawhi Kawhi's knees cooked, and I thought he was gonna be like an MVP at some point, but. That dude cannot stay healthy. That dude cannot. Maybe stay he'll healthy. stay healthy this year. I mean, that team is really good if he's healthy. I don't think. And they're well coached. But I you're probably right. If he makes it to the end of the year, he's probably gonna like. You have to load manage him, and I think at some point at the end of the year, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, nah, he can't go," and he's gonna have to totally. be shut down. Yeah. So I don't really know how that's gonna go, but I expect the Warriors to repeat this year. I don't think anybody's really moved the needle. Like there would have had to be some crazy shit. Now we still have the middle of the season. Maybe a team makes a crazy move. Like if the Lakers do pull off trading pennies to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, obviously they're better. Um, if another contender, and I'm just gonna spit if the ball Suns traded team, for Kevin Durant, that yes, would be wild. That would be crazy. Now, if a, if another contender somehow, like Bradley Beal, someone I think is not gonna be in Washington that much longer. He keeps saying he wants to stay there, but I'm not buying that shit. Like, why? Listen. Dude, you want to win. You signed that contract because you knew you'd make more money with the CBA rules if you re-signed with Washington than if you left in free agency to go sign with somebody else. And then once you get that money, you're like, okay, at some point I'm going to ask for a trade so I still secure that bag. Smart move, but I'm not buying that you want to stay in Washington at this point in your career. That's bullshit. I know he's going to ask for a trade somewhere <laughs> to a contender, and it might happen. Uh, we'll see if it happens this year. That could be Just somewhere. Don't go to Memphis, on. man. Fuck John Morant. Like, just don't go there. Don't give I, him any help. I hate that guy. Listen, Memphis is a bunch – like, John Morant, I'm sorry. Like, I love watching him play. I love watching him play, but he's the front runner that people think Steph Curry is. And I don't even need to explain it. I mean, the dude's hitting the gritty on team's logos at midcourt because you won your first playoff series. You're you're quiet. And then when you start getting up after Draymond gets ejected and you talk trash to a 19-year-old rookie in the playoffs and then you lose, that's front-running behavior to me. But yeah, uh, I don't think the Grizzlies have it mentally either. So that's why I think the Warriors, you just got to stay healthy. Uh, they don't really care about regular season seeding, which is also why Steve Kerr is comfortable to rely on depth. They just want to have a good enough seeding when they get to the playoffs. And then that's when shit starts Absolutely. to turn on. And all regular season, there's going to be times where people might be saying, what is Steve Kerr doing with his rotations? What he's doing is he's testing out combinations to see what's going to work in the playoffs who plays well off each other to make sure he knows what his combinations are going to be when April comes around. So I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for tomorrow. I want to see the rings. Um, I'm going to be able to see them play Phoenix on the road here in Arizona next week. So I'm excited to see that as well. It's really funny because 
me and my dad have season tickets there just because we live out here and I pull up all the time. And then when the Warriors come by, I just wear my Tim Hardaway jersey and they're astonished that I'm not a Suns fan. It's just really funny <laughs> to laugh at all of them like I did last year on Christmas Day. So I'm really looking forward to doing that again next week. But Nate, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you, everybody tuned in and contributed to the chat. I'm going to continue to do Warriors shows every week. I'm not sure what day and time yet consistently because I want to try to make sure I don't do shows while the Warriors are literally playing. So it might fluctuate. <laughs> Um, that would be kind of weird if I was doing a show while the Warriors are playing. Yeah, also, right. <laughs> don't want to miss the game. So um, I'll, I'll try to make sure I'm as consistent as possible. But, Nate, go ahead and tell everybody once again where we can find you on the socials, what you got going on with your channel yeah. and everything else. Uh, you can find me at 9849 on Twitter. Uh, you can check out the YouTube channel, 9 Nonsense. We do Niner content. Uh, me and Jamal Armstrong will be live tomorrow night. And then me and uh, – the one and only Niner Kevin will be live on Thursday night to talk about uh, the Chiefs. And then me and you are going to the game. So yep. uh, big week for the 49ers this week. If you can bounce back and beat the Chiefs, I think people will shut the fuck up about Kyle Shanahan, which will be super <laughs> nice because I'm so sick of hearing about how everything that. is Kyle Shanahan's fault because quarterback is inept. So that's a different show, but we'll talk about that other time. The quarterback was not the reason they lost yesterday. But w- yeah, if you want to check out the show, check it out there. Chris, I appreciate you bringing on. It's always fun to talk about the Warriors, the Super Bowl cha- or the, the team that actually does win championships in the Bay Area. So, um, you know, appreciate it. And uh, go Warriors. Fucking the shout out the Lakers. It'd be great because, man, could you imagine having the, giving the CLA a worse week than the Dodgers oh, losing in the ALCS to the Lakers losing the, the season opener and the Rams barely beating the shitty Carolina Panthers with their backup oh, quarterback? It's tragic. Fuck the city it's, of LA. It's truly tragic. But yeah, Nate, I can't wait to see you on Sunday again so we get to watch the Niners play the second best quarterback in the league. Uh, oh, and God. yeah, go Dubs. Ring night tomorrow. Look forward to beating the dog shit out of the Lakers. All right. Stafford go deep and picked off. We're able to do week three in that matchup. Toss to Jones and big middle linebacker Fred Warner made the stop.